Today on the Callahan Show, we got good news and bad news for the mainstream media and uh, Team Fauci. Uh, Joe Rogan got COVID. Joe Rogan, you know, that noted anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Not really. He got COVID and he treated it unconventionally. And the bad news, he's all better. He's all better. Only took a couple of days. We'll give you the details on that. Uh, Donald Trump wanted to have a military parade in Washington, D.C. Everyone scoffed at that, mocked him. It didn't happen, but... Finally, we got to see a military parade with all the latest U.S. armaments. Unfortunately, it was a Taliban parade in Kabul yesterday. Another day, another impeachable offense by uh, Joe Biden. We'll talk about his, uh, the pressure he put on uh, the leader of Afghanistan to lie. Um, Sirhan Sirhan's up for parole. And guess what? The Kennedy kids don't think he should get out. We'll ask the question. What if that was your grandfather or your father? And we will play you the fakest farewells as Stephen A. says goodbye to Max Kellerman. And we got a little announcement, a little live show we're going to do with some guy from Barstool. We'll tell you all about it on today's Callahan Show, brought to you by DCU. Why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple, no monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is with direct deposit to their free checking account, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Who doesn't love getting paid early? Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They will even remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking. Insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Carano, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, it's been a rough week. I'd say a rough couple of weeks for the uh, mainstream media. Their uh, their guy, Joe Biden, has been completely discredited, uh, disgraced. Uh, anybody who's who's honest, who's fair, knows the uh, surrender in Afghanistan was a complete debacle, a complete humiliation on the world stage. I'm not sure you ever recover from that. And he makes it worse because he will not take questions when he, he can't even barely read a prepared statement or a prepared speech uh, off a teleprompter. So, uh, and, and as we point out often, he's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and it's just going to be uncomfortable for the next whatever three and a half years maybe not even maybe maybe a half a year maybe a year but uh it's not going to go well and when you hear people you know there's certain people like i said you know michael moore and matthew dowd and jennifer rubin who tried to defend him tried to spin it they just sound ridiculous but it gets worse for the media i mean it's just i i i have some bad news for uh the the folks in the mainstream media, the New York Times and Washington Post and NBC, ABC, CNN. Um, Joe Rogan has COVID. That's the good news. That's the good news. The bad news is he's going to be okay. He's going to he's going to get better. And he's in a few days. He's going to be back doing his podcast and doing and saying you know critical things of of their heroes. And uh, he's taking some uh, uh, unconventional medicine, and they're trying to make it seem like Joe Rogan is a lunatic because he's taking horse dewormer. Uh, as someone pointed <laughs> out, is that what that is? Someone pointed this out. If, as soon as someone calls it horse dewormer, you know they're either stupid or they're lying to make uh, Rogan look um, crazy. And they're hoping he, he takes a turn for the worst. They're hoping this, like they do when, you know, like any 
conservative Trump, when Trump got COVID, when Melania got COVID, any Lindsey Graham, I guess, you know, he's, uh, he's probably not a, probably a bad example because he's kind of on their team, but anytime a conservative gets COVID, they're hoping maybe this will be the guy, especially if it's an anti-vaxxer, which Rogan is not, they're pretending he is because he once said, just conversationally said, if you're 21 years old and you're in good health, you don't really need the vaccine, which is obviously true, but you're not allowed to say that in this current uh, climate. You're not allowed to say a, you know, a 12-year-old who's in great shape shouldn't get the vaccine. That's that's against the You can't say it. That makes you an anti-vaxxer, a conspiracy theorist. That makes you, you're the one to blame for the spike. If you say 12-year-olds shouldn't get vaccinated, it's your fault that there's a spike in whatever, in Texas or something. But Rogan is such, <clears throat> such a big, uh, just just a big, a guy who has followers, you know, a guy who literally has, you know, whatever is 13 million followers on Instagram and millions on his podcast. And they worry uh, that he has influence. So anything he says has, uh, has an effect on people. So today, lots of people are reading about ivermectin, correct? Yeah. And they're saying, oh, maybe this is the way to go. And he's taking lots of other things. And the mainstream media is sitting back saying, please don't let this work. Please let him take a let, let something happen to him to make uh, to make him look bad, to make the whole notion that you could just take a couple drugs, uh, you know, stay in bed for two days and be back at work. They don't want that. They need the scare tech. That's why they lie about children. They lie about kids getting COVID or, or they lie about the hospitals being overloaded. It is this massive, dare I say, misinformation campaign. And I hate to break it to him, but in a couple of days, Joe Rogan's going to be back on his show and he's going to say, I'm fine. I feel great. Wasn't a big deal. And they, they hate that more than anything. Uh, that that, that, that uh, uh, they can't say, look, um, it, it affects everybody. You know, it it, it, hurt, it kills everybody. They can't say that, and it drives them not. Fauci can't say it. I mean, he wants to. He wants to say it's killing young, healthy people because then we might listen to something that he has to say. Or Walensky wants to say, yes, it's killing children. Do you see the, sorry, did you see the warnings as soon as, uh, as soon as Rogan Yo, let us put the his, warning label on it? All, like all over Twitter, you got, because he started trending saying that he had COVID, but he was fine. And immediately there's like, you know, CDC warnings and all sorts of stuff under the, under the Twitter on the right hand side and like the what's happening section <laughs> saying we it's, don't, you know, don't take ivermectin, you'll die. Like all this stuff. This is it's, crazy. It, it, every story says unproven. Yeah. Uh, um, I just looked at, uh, this is NBC. Uh, when, and they have the video, we'll play Rogan uh, talking about it, but he says, uh, Rogan, they say Rogan posted a video on Instagram explaining he tested positive uh, for, he, he said he had fevers and chills. His treatments include, and he, and he lists what he's saying, uh, including ivermectin, which is not an antiviral drug and generally used to treat or prevent parasites in animals <laughs> such as horses. This is a medication that's been used by millions. And, they, and, and according to many, it works, but they don't want it to work. They don't want something to be this simple that you can go and get COVID and be unvaccinated and take ivermectin and get better. You know, that it, it's, it's that way. It's not the black plague. It has to be the black plague for us to continue to listen 
to uh, Fauci. Well, how much do you think the, the pharmaceutical companies are making off of this? Do you think they want you to take ivermectin? Of course not, because then that, that would cut into their bottom line and they're going to make. How much do you m- want to bet that they're behind this anti, you know, ivermectin, anti hydroxychloroquine campaign? Because obviously that hurts their bottom line, no? I, I would say, Turtle Boy, I, you know, six months, a year ago, I would say you're nuts. I, I don't like those. That sounds like a little bit Alex too much Jones. of a conspiracy. Yeah, and I don't like it. But but I'm telling you, this um, this virus, this pandemic, and the resulting overreaction, the resulting uh, tyrannical uh, response from government has created more conspiracy theories than Alex Jones ever could. It created more conspiracy theories than JFK's assassination and 9-11. You name it, nothing has led to more people doubting the uh, official um, position of the government than this. And I understand why. I mean, you know, do you realize that what they're saying now, you know, Turtle Boy, better than anyone because you have to wrap your kid's face, face in a mask every day. That nothing has essentially changed. It's it's been a year and a half, a year and a half. So like when we were talking about this a year and a half ago, Turtle Boy, um, we were talking about you know masks. Well, not right away. Initially, Fauci said don't wear a mask, and Jerome Adams said don't wear a mask. Um, but once they got enough masks for everybody, they said you have to wear a mask. It's you know, but essentially social distancing and you know whatever, wash your hands. They still say the same thing. Wash and, your hands. That's the one I don't get. I We know it comes from your mouth, not your hands, right? What are we doing? Somebody was telling uh, my wife, I forget the details, but you, you said you couldn't have people in the library. You, like you, you can't have people touch the book. You have to leave it there. You can't. T-. And I go, wait a second. That was debunked like a year ago. Mm-hmm. A year ago, we were supposed to wash your groceries. There's still people who think, you know, you can't touch certain things or you'll get COVID. They, they haven't, in some people's minds, nothing has changed. And by the way, it keeps spreading. So whatever we did a year ago, mass social distancing, all, you know, remote learning, it didn't work. You know, At some point you say, well, that didn't work. The official, uh, you know, the gurus or oracles here, you know, Fauci and Malensky, they should be doing some. I don't know, just me. They shouldn't they be recommending something different? Oh yeah, you. How so. about exercise? How about uh, when's the last time you heard oh. Doctor Fauci say that you should exercise? That would be a good thing. Don't be a fat ass. It's it's that's such a great point, and we've talked about it before. He's been talking for a year and a half. He's probably talking right now to somebody on CNN, and and so is she, by the way. Oh, and you got to see this. I tweeted this out last night. They have this summit, Boston Globe Summit. Did you see this? Oh, right, right. At the end of this month. And it's Ibrahim Kindi, and it's all kinds of radicals about anti-racism and uh, equity. And you know who's part of the panel? Fauci. Fauci and Walensky. These people are supposed to be doctors. They're supposed to be public health officials. It's not political. It's not political, though, Jerry. The virus is is not political. There's nothing you could do more political than attend a summit hosted by the Boston Globe the rag that serves as the uh, media wing of the woke mob that started a podcast with Ibrahim Kendi <laughs> about anti-racism. And, and they're going to have him and a bunch of other radicals and Fauci and Walensky. Now, if you even if you believe that you, you'd like to be there and you believe in everything he says and, you, and everything, you know, Robin D'Angelo says, 
Don't you think it's a bad look? Someone should tell Fauci. No, 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 no. You don't understand Fauci, Jerry. Fauci literally gets off to the sound of his own voice. It stimulates the man. He's in his 80s. This is the most arousal he has. The the idea that people are interested in hearing what he has to say and giving him a place to say it uninterrupted and just kind of worship him. He gets off on that. That's why he he doesn't want this to ever end. No, it's greatest 80 years old. And the greatest thing that ever happened to him was in a lab you know, which he subsidized in, in Wuhan, the uh, virus escaped and started a worldwide pandemic. The best thing that's ever happened to Anthony, Anthony Fauci, and he can't deny it. I it mean, he gets, you're right. He sits there when he's talking to Brianna Keller or John Berman or anybody. You know, he calls them all by their first names, by the way, Jake and uh, Chuck, you know, and, and George. Those are his friends. He has, I know he's 80, but he still can get a little pup tent in his pants when he's talking to him about controlling the population he's totally aroused he's like this character out of a a judge dread movie or something one of these type he's like and he comes on it's like yeah i I don't know and you probably never heard this it's like 1984 yes you know where where he's uh, in control and everything is is backwards and, and upside down he loves it. Did you see there's another interesting person on that panel, too? Uh, Jenny Slade, do you know who she is? I do not. Jenny Slade is, uh, well, she's an actor but uh, and a comedian, but she was on a oh. show called uh, Big Mouth. It's a cartoon, and she she was playing a black character. She's not black, and she resigned from the oh. show and apologized. Oh, so she's she's, one now, of those. she's, she's one on an of apology those. tour uh, at this thing with the Boston Globe. And and, and now- so she's Cleveland. Gotcha. Okay. Right, right. Like, And, and you know, um, now you have the doctors and the public health officials- they're not only uh, coming out against people paying their rent. They don't believe people should pay their rent. They're against rent. Yes. They're, they're, they're against landlords. They want to bankrupt landlords, and they want all the people who rent to have a free ride forever. That's a public health issue. Now they're coming out with language. I don't know if you saw Tucker did. They have all these new language. You're not supposed to call disabled people disabled. You're supposed to be peoples with disabilities. And then you're going, wait a second. Your, your doctor, your job is disease control thus the d and the c and you're talking about you know hurtful language or you're talking about layabouts who don't pay their rent you're supporting them i mean i it must take all they have not to come out in favor of you know abortion in the third trimester because they're just radicals that's what they are they're not public health officials they're radicals and they are hoping also i'm telling you right now fauci was asked about rogan when rogan said 21-year-old, healthy 21-year-olds don't need the vaccine. They're hoping that this will be the rare case where someone who's not elderly, not obese, takes a uh, a wrong turn and ends right, up... Yeah, but even if he dies, doesn't that just kind of prove the point that, like, Joe Rogan made his choice? We all have choices. He chose to not get vaccinated during a pandemic, and he died from a virus. Like, that's literally the whole point, is you have a right to take a risk. No? Well, I think you... The people who take risks, Turtle Boy, don't think they're going to die. You know, this this uh, radio host, Phil Valentine, there's some liberals were dancing on his grave. He's he was 61 years old. I don't think he was obese, but he was probably not in great shape. And he was an anti-vaxxer. Rogan's not an anti-vaxxer. No, he never I has mean, been. I'm not, uh, you are, but I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I don't think 20-year-old, I certainly don't think 12-year-olds she get vaccinated. Does that make you an anti-vaxxer? Again, it's like if they had a vaccination against the, to, to, to cure dementia, right? It'd be wonderful. It'd be, it would be a great uh, development, a great breakthrough. Would you ask 
you know, 15-year-olds to take it if they had a vaccination against dementia. You know, there are certain things that don't affect children, one of them being COVID, you know. So why are you forcing this injection on children? It's, and, and I can't imagine being in your position, Turtle Boy, where they're going to get to six-year-olds. You know, they're going to get around to six-year-olds and you say, yes, your six-year-old must be vaccinated and you will fight them and you will resist but they're gonna their their goal. They flat out say is to make life difficult for the unvaccinated. And I don't like the conspiracy stuff either. But don't you have to ask the question that a lot of public funds are going to pay for these vaccinations? So can you not see that the incentive is to try to get as many people to take it as possible? Even what, what, kids? what was the number in, in the number of Pfizer uh, b- new oh. new billionaires? Like twelve guys became billionaires. During the pandemic, but during the pandemic, they're the value of I their mean, you stocks. Have, you have to at, last, at least ask a question, right? Where what's the incentive here? No, no. Now, you, now you're talking my language. You're following the money. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, he, you know what? It is it is created. It is fertile grounds for creating for growing young skeptics, if not conspiracy theorists. Yes, when you say a dozen guys are now billionaires because they have not only. Uh, developed and sold this this vaccine, but they've forced it on people and if, and shamed you if you don't do it. Um, we don't. Do we know if if Rogan has been vaccinated? So I saw a report know? yesterday uh, on just on Twitter that he was vaccinated, but I didn't. I wasn't able to confirm that before we went live today. So it's something I'm definitely going to look into today. Yeah, I can't tell when I see him in pictures. Is he just jacked or is he a little chunky? He's got he's, a lot of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, this he's like one of those, you know, people that exercise. He's got a lot of free time, so he can exercise a couple <laughs> hours a day. And, you know, he's a fitness junk. He's one of those. Well, jiu jitsu, he's a big, big. big martial artist, jiu jitsu, right. I mean, and, and he works out. He's short, but it's like uh, the uh, the Fox uh, uh, NFL guy, Jay Glazier. And he always talks about, you know, MAA and, and training and everything. And I look at him and he just looks like a little chunky guy to me. I know he probably trains hard, but he's not exactly uh, lean. Not exactly lean. I think a lot of it is muscle. I mean, he runs and stuff. Rogan? Too. Yeah, I think so. Ro- well, yeah. Rogan was uh, a national champ in uh, in uh, mixed martial arts, so I'm going to guess you got to be in pretty good shape to do that. And I, I was talking to uh, Mike Clark. You know, Lenny, Lenny was on with Rogan when Rogan was still in L.A., and uh, – they were getting ready to record, and I heard it. It was a great show. It was all down memory lane about Boston comedy because Rogan came up, and Mike Clark owns Giggles, and he books, and he handles a lot of comedians and gets some jobs. And uh, and Rogan was a young comedian, which is hard to believe that he was one of these young comedians playing Giggles and uh, yeah. you know Nick's comedy stop in Boston. I don't even think he's funny on his show. I mean, he's good. He's a good interviewer and he's smart. But I was surprised when about a year ago or maybe a year, could have been a year and a half ago, I think it was on uh, Netflix. I don't know what it was on, but he he had a stand-up special. Yeah. And it was good. I mean, he was funny as hell. He was, uh, he, he was a little dangerous, a little edgy. And he was a good at, but that doesn't come through necessarily on a show. No, I think it's I think it's a different format. I mean, when he's got comedians on, he'll they'll right. they'll banter back and forth, and it's a little bit funnier. But no, his his stand up. I think he's probably a better writer, a, right. a better comedy writer than he is. He's like, not even that good. I mean, bro, I like the show sometimes. I don't get the whole lot. Like, I don't understand why it's so popular. All he does, he's not that interesting himself. 
He just invites interesting people yeah. on his show. And he's just like, oh, that's interesting. I know, oh, and, really? But, that's interesting. And that's all he does. It's amazing, overrated. Turtle Boy, if he says anything remotely, I don't even say controversial, just opinionated, it goes viral. You oh, know? yeah. Like, like he talks about cancel culture and he'll say, well, cancel culture's out of control. Cancel culture sucks. He says the same thing we say or millions of other, others say, and boom, it gets it gets uh, a video clip gets sent out and it's everywhere. And it's like, whoa, Joe Rogan comes out and gets canceled he, culture. He probably has the biggest audience in the country, though, bigger than Tucker. Well, that's why, because they know he's influential and he knows he's influential with not just conservatives, but also some libertarians. Right. Uh, and I'm sure many people on the left also listen to him. And that's why they're threatened by people like him is because he has such a big reach. And they're like, OK, you know, Tucker Carlson's only going to talk to right wingers. Whereas this guy might influence some people on our team. If he says something crazy, we need to shut that down. Yeah, right. he, I think he's had Bernie on, right? He said he likes him. He said Bernie on. He yeah. said he really Dorf. likes him, really, really likes him. And I'm going, He endorsed him. He endorsed him. That's right, him. he endorsed him, which was stupid because he doesn't, there's no substance to it. We talked about it at the time. He just said, I really like him. He's a good guy. I like yeah. him. He doesn't Rogan's say. Rogan's not as smart as people think. He just says, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was smoking some peyote last night and I really like Bernie's ideas. He's like really cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't find Rogan that interesting. It's just the the people that he has on his show are interesting. He can't, That's what, he can't make the case. He, he endorsed Bernie, but he couldn't no. support it with any real substance. But that's okay. He, you know, he, he, he that in that way he kind of remains, you know, a man of mystery. He remains a guy that you can't put into a box like us. But just to finish the story, Lenny and, and Mike are waiting for him to come in at, at his studio in L.A. And he said it's like an airplane hangar. And the door opens and in comes flying in on a Tesla is uh, yeah. Rogan. And next to the, the setup where they're doing the show is a boxing ring. He's got a whole gym in this like airplane hangar with whatever weights and all exercise equipment and a ring, a, a, a mixed martial arts ring, I guess. And he, you're right. He does. He has a lot of time and he works out hard, but he still looks a little beefy. And whenever you see someone who, and, and I realize you're not supposed to talk about this turtle boy, but you see someone who dies, young or fairly young of COVID, there's a picture. It'll be someone, whether they're vaccinated, you know, or whatever, you know, nowadays it'll be unvaccinated guy. And then you see them and they look like, you know, they're you know, very, very overweight, you know, and you're not allowed to say it as Turtle Boy points out. Fauci's been yapping for a year and a half. Never, ever does he say, you know, it'd be a good idea. Get up and take a walk. I haven't seen numbers either on, you know, that being a co uh, comorbidity, a comorbidity. How, what, you know, what percentage it's, of I people saw who died are obese? It's like 80%. Oh, we've seen that okay. 80%. Have you seen it? Because I haven't. Yeah, I All you have it. to do is look at the data with Japan. Japan is like one of the least fat countries in the yeah. world somehow. And nobody dies of COVID in Japan when they get it. It's like over, it's just the most obvious statistic is that obesity equals death from COVID. Just don't, I mean, and that's fine. If you don't, if you're fat and you don't want to get fat vaccinated, that's, you're taking a larger chance than I am, no pun intended. But, uh, you know, and that's your choice, but like, let's not, why are we not talking about that? That's what drives me nuts. Right. So you say, you know, wash your vegetables when you come home from the supermarket, but you won't say stop, you know, eating, uh, you know, dessert or stop, uh, sit, get off the couch and exercise a little. I mean, Close the gyms. That was how we responded to a pandemic that was uh, uh, uniquely threatening to uh, overweight people. Our response was close the gyms, stop playing sports in the park, and leave McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and Walmart open. 
if that doesn't make you question your public health officials, what does? I mean, the idea that you should close the gyms and, and by the way, stay home where like 98% of the transmission is indoors. Stay, don't go out, don't run, don't walk, don't ride your bike. Stay home, you know, and breathe on all your loved ones until you all get COVID. That, the, the idea that we still listen to the people, we still listen to the people. Hell, the Boston Globe is hosting a forum, a summit, and having those people as featured guests is just amazing. How you could be so wrong so often and maintain... Any credibility is one of the great scandals of all time. And historians will look back and go, wait a second. You listen this, to this fool, This fool who sent money to the lab that created the virus was an authority after you knew that? After you found out? After he lied and said, no, he didn't lie. He said it was a real risk doing gain-of-function research, but it was worth the risk. It was worth the risk of a pandemic. So he sent taxpayers money would you, a uh, quick question for you guys, uh, a little, little chunk comes out of your paycheck every week. Would you rather send it to the, to the Taliban, you know, as financial assistance from the Biden administration or send it to the Wuhan lab so that they can create a virus that kills millions? There's no good I'd like, answer. Uh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to open up a Planned Parenthood in Kabul. How about that? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah. Then the, in the, <laughs> that would be, that'd be, uh, applauded by many people today, especially because, you know, you have a draconian new law going into effect in Texas and everybody on the left, I just saw Ben Volan tweeting, they're all upset that more babies will live. It's just so upsetting. Can you believe more babies, particularly minority babies, will live? That is tough to handle. I mean, can you, it's really upsetting to me, but I want to get back well, before we get to that. Let's do, do Rogan's um, um, uh, uh, talk here. He made, he made a statement on Instagram, correct? Yeah, yep, yep. And he explains all the things he's taken. How do you know what you're doing? Does he, does he go to it? Is this what Alex Jones told him to do? Or did, did he go to a doctor? He, he's taking he's like, a hundred millionaire. Of course he's got doctors that he trusts. He's got the best in the business. So doctors sure. tell you to take all this stuff. I, I'm assuming he, you know, he, someone gave him, this is the, this, think, this is the risk factors. Here are the things that, Brett, that you need to do. And they took, and he took yeah, it. I think Brett Weinstein's his doctor. Or something. <laughs> oh, it could be. You know what? What if it works? Is everyone going to say, Oh, look what Joe Rogan did. Because here's the bottom line guys is we're all going to get COVID. You know, we're all going to get it at some point. You know, some it'll affect worse than others. Turtle boy, you'll be fine. You're in good shape. You're young. You're, you're stubborn. You're not going to die. I hopefully won't either, even though I'm old, but I'm not fat. Um, but we're all going to get it at some point. And it, the question is, how does it affect us? And if taking these drugs after you get it as a therapeutic, as a treat, if that works, isn't that the worst nightmare for the uh, the people, oh, well, yeah. especially if he's unvaccinated, for the people in the media or the people at the NIH or the Fauci and Walensky and the rest of the radicals? They don't want this to work, do they? I don't think they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and just uh, as you were talking, we said goodbye to Turtle Boy. I believe he had uh, an engagement at 825 this morning. Uh -oh. So now uh -oh. it's just you and me, kid. Oh, uh-oh. What do we do now? What do we do? Well, we can we can still do the Rogan thing. You know if you what? Want to hear it. Just so you know, Turtle Boy is a conspiracy theorist. He is an anti-vaxxer. He is a a complete radical nut job when it comes to this. Not me, not me, not you, but he is. So I we'll love throwing him under the bus when he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the problem is that people you're you're put into two camps. So suddenly right, you know right. you know Joe Rogan's an anti-vaxxer, even though he's just questioning whether you should give children this vaccine. Hey, you're right. Every reference to him and all these stories i just read you the uh, nbc story um 
mentions that he, as an anti-vaxxer, has said anti-vax things in the past. We talked about it. He said, matter-of-factly, that if you're young and you're in good shape, you know, maybe you don't really need it. Like, he stated the obvious. He stated a fact. And that became, and the next day, Fauci was asked about it. And he said, oh, that's wrong. He shouldn't do that. That's misinformation. And all the media pounced on him. And he backtracked. I don't know who got to him. I thought Rogan's whole appeal was nobody gets to him. He's his own man. But he did backtrack. He still isn't a you know pro-vaxxer. He still isn't one of these guys who says, if you don't get the vaccine, you're just like a murderer with a gun shooting people. He's not one of these lunatics. But he said young people who are healthy don't need it, which is obvious. Uh, anyone who says otherwise is a fanatical. The death data is there. Like we see it. If you're under 18, you're not. You just don't die unless you have a severe comorbidity. Like yeah, if you have so, cancer or something, you're you're going to survive. Yes, as as Marty McCary, the John Hopkins right. guy, said, they studied the data and zero zero children died of COVID last year without a serious comorbidity. And he said, such as leukemia. That was in the Wall Street Journal. We've referred to it many times. Zero children died. So it's not a problem with children. And, and the people telling you it is are lying to you. The school board members who say mask your kids or they're murderers, they're lying to you. Yeah. They're lying to you to, to do, expand their, their control over everybody. And I think the fear for Fauci, Walensky, for the media, for the, the, the real pro-lockdown, pro-vaxxers is that someone like Rogan, as you point out, has 13 million followers and a, and a lot of listeners and a lot of influence. Gets better in two days with these with this horse dewormer, ivermectin, and everyone else who gets COVID, and we're all going to get it. Says, get, I got to get me some ivermectin, and they don't want that. Now, to be fair, ivermectin isn't an antiviral, so I don't know why it works. I, I'd love to do a little bit more research and and see like why why potentially this can actually have a, a health benefit. I don't understand. You know, it's a virus. It's in, it's not four viruses, but but whatever he did worked. Three days in, he's up and about. He sounds fine. Is he better already? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, when he did this, uh, when he did his announcement, I think it was yesterday on Instagram, which we can play if you want. He's already good. Like he he said he tested positive three days before. Oh, he had uh -oh. one bad day. Uh oh. And then the next day he was better. And then the third day he's like I'm. Uh oh. Bad I'm in good news. Shape. Bad news for uh, MSNBC. Bad news uh, for uh, you know Chris Cuomo and uh, Don Lemon. Don Lemon said yesterday. What did he say? Something about vac people who aren't vaccinated or like he went off the rails. Um, but let's listen to Rogan and t tell us all the stuff he's taken to uh, get better to combat the COVID. Hello, friends. So I got back from the road Saturday night, feeling very weary. I had a headache and I just felt just run down. And just to be cautious, I separated from my family, slept in a different part of the house. And throughout the night, I got fevers and sweats and I knew what was going on. So I got up in the morning, got tested, and it turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, prednisone, everything. Uh, and I also got an NAD drip and a vitamin drip. And I did that three days in a row. And so here we are on Wednesday and I feel great. I really only had one bad day. Sunday sucked, but Monday was better. Tuesday felt better than Monday, and today I feel good. I actually feel 
pretty fucking good. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is we have to move Friday, the Friday show in Nashville. So there you go. So he is all better. At, how do you do that? Though? How do you get all that stuff? <laughs> well, he's, I know he's got a lot of money. He has a supplement company too. So uh, the NAD drip, I'm sure. I've heard him talk about that before. I think that's anti-aging. Don't quote me if I'm wrong. The other, the other one's a vitamin drip. So I'm sure he does, you know, pumps vitamin D, pumps vitamin C. When I thought, perhaps when I was sick and we did the remote shows last week, that's what I did. I pumped myself with vitamin C and vitamin D. Vitamin D is, there's you, some research out there that shows. Have, you didn't have COVID, so. Well, COVID. I didn't. No, but, uh, but that's, but I, I took that trajectory. He's, he has uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick on the show a lot, and she is a big proponent so of So if someone wants to do that, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, a, but I mean, he yeah. kicked it in three, it's worth it. I guess, but you can't do it if you don't have the means, if you don't have the, the connections, but good luck to him. I'm glad he's better. He looks a little, a little ragged, doesn't he? Look, well, he's look, 54. He's not shaven. He's, I mean, he looks you know. a little tired. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad he's back. He had to cancel the show. That's too bad. Uh, but uh, again, that's going to create a whole new line of disinformation, misinformation, according to the authorities. They're going to say, don't listen. Don't do the D-pack. Don't do the ivermectin. No, don't, don't. They don't want you to go off. Yeah. Off script here. They literally go off script. They want you to listen to them and do what they say. For, sorry, for what it's worth, uh, Dave Collins here in the chat says that the ivermectin opens the cells. So I don't know what that does. And then he also says we have free monoclonal antibody sites here in Florida. That's true. Uh, Ron DeSantis, our next president, set those up and it pissed off the media. But it uh, uh, sounds like a good idea to me. But uh, all right, get well soon. If you're not well already, Joe Rogan, we have to move on. We got much to get to. I want to get to Stephen A. and the fakest farewell. Not, we've talked about fake apologies many times. We're going to play you the fakest farewell as Stephen A. bids goodbye to his, <clears throat> his friend, Max Kellerman. Nothing like uh, saying goodbye to someone who you just shivved in the back. <laughs> um, but uh, we got to get to a couple things. A couple things. The... Um, Last year, I believe it was last year, last year, a couple months ago, uh, Donald Trump talked about a military parade for the 4th of July, celebrating Independence Day with a military parade, and the media was aghast. The, the liberal, uh, they were aghast. You can't do that. That's what they do in uh, North Korea. Dictatorships yeah. and despots do that, and uh, the Chinese do that, North Koreans do that. And it didn't happen. That was fine. It was going to be a big parade with, you know, uh, trucks and tanks and military people in Fourth of July, but it didn't happen. Uh, as usual, Trump kind of backed down, which he often did. Oh, we finally got it. We finally got our military parade with all our military stuff, our tanks and our trucks and our guns and our uniforms and our Black Hawk helicopters. Unfortunately, it was in Kabul. <laughs> If you were, if you thought, if you were one of those people who thought they wouldn't be able to fly the choppers, you were wrong. They learned quick. They they got, they learned quick. They got pictures of them in the cockpit, and they were flying a Black Hawk helicopter over this parade with a Taliban flag flying from it. I got to make a list. I'm going to make a list one of these days, maybe this weekend. Just sit and make a list of things that the Biden administration, the Biden regime, has done that are much, much, much worse than Donald Trump's phone call to the Ukraine telling him to look into the corruption of the Biden uh, crime family or 
uh, telling uh, the mob on January 6th to go peacefully and patriotically protest. Those are the two things that got him impeached. And we've gone over for days and weeks now the things Biden has done that would get him impeached. I'm going to say without exaggeration that there are things every day, every single day we're learning about uh, the Biden regime that would get him impeached if he were Republican. I would say, you know, get him impeached if the Republicans had the House and the Senate, but I can't say that because Mitch McConnell is a coward. Mitch McConnell is a, is a invertebrate, a spineless worm who doesn't uh, fight like they fight. Or even in the House, Kevin McCarthy, he's already said, no, we're not going to have an impeachment. Well, what if you win the House in 2022? Of course you could have an impeachment. Of course this is impeachable. I mean, honest to God, this was yesterday. One day, here's what we learned. And uh, this is irrefutable. This is in Reuters. This is being mentioned in some liberal outlets. The media cannot bury it. They they will try. But they, um, according to Reuters, well, I mean, it's not even according to Reuters. It's a fact. Um, He, Joe Biden, asked the president, the former president of Afghan, Ghani, speaking of weasels, Ghani, who scrammed with $160 million in a chopper, that guy had a conversation. Can you get the date on this? I think it was July. Um, uh, I think it was July. July 23rd. 23rd, I, I should know that. That's uh, my birthday. But uh, oh. um, July 23rd, they have a conversation, and he literally asks him to lie. He says, we need to change the perception that you guys are you know, ready to fight, whether it is true or not. He knew it wasn't true. So on July 23rd, he asked, he pressured, didn't ask, he pressured the president of Afghanistan to lie. Now, what did that do? That allowed Biden to surrender and say, yeah, we think the Afghan army is up for this. They're ready for the fight. We think the Afghan government is going to hold up when he knew it wasn't true. So he knew it wasn't true. This is proof that Biden knew the Afghan army wasn't up for the fight. He knew it wouldn't hold up. He knew it. And he lied to us. He lied to the world. He lied to the 13 Marines and the Navy corpsmen who were killed by a suicide bomber. He knew that. He lied. That is so much worse than anything Donald Trump or even, you know, Richard Nixon, any president has done. He lied to us and said he thought on, on July 8th is the famous speech, but he said it repeatedly Yes, we think the Afghan government will hold up. We'll get out. They'll hold up. They got plenty of armaments. They have 300,000 guys. They're good. They're ready for this fight. He knew it was untrue. He lied about it, and he asked the Afghan president, Ghani, to lie about it as well. Go ahead. Go ahead. Throw some, anything out that Trump did in four years, Trump said in four years, that's anywhere close to that. That is the definition of impeachable right there. And that doesn't even include this story. It's a report that has not re- made the wi- uh, rounds wildly yet. Um, that uh, this was tweeted out by former Deputy Assistant, Assistant Secretary of Defense Roger Pardo Moror said the Department of Defense had knowledge of the Kabul suicide bomber and they denied permission to fire a Predator drone at him even though they were locked on the bomber. Now, you're one of the uh, parents of these dead Marines. 
You hear that? You want to hear more? You want certainly want to follow up. The media will do their best to bury it. But if this breaks, if this is confirmed, if this guy goes goes public, goes uh, appears uh, a number of places, and we start hearing the story, and it's believable, honest to God, that, that's that's again much, much, much worse than anything Trump did. It's worse than anything that I can remember any president doing. I mean, it's just insane that they had, they could have taken out the suicide bomber and they didn't. Okay, it's Thursday. We'll wait till tomorrow. There'll be something else. But on a daily basis, we find out just how scandalous this surrender is. And keep in mind, when you hear it, when you see it, when you talk about it, it was all designed to give Joe Biden, who, by the way, called it an extraordinary success. (laughs) An extraordinary success. Just off the top of my head, you left Americans behind. Hundreds, if not thousands. You left 85 billion in American weaponry behind. They already had a parade with it. They're wearing our uniforms, wearing our, carrying our guns, wearing our, wearing our, wearing our Oakleys. They got choppers. They got planes. They got tanks. They got guns. They got machine guns, rifles. They got everything. He left that behind. He left people behind. He got 13 service people blown up unnecessarily at at Kabul Airport. Um, it's international humiliation. Uh, you took 120,000 people out and bragged about what a great evacuation was. And, you know, your, your surrogates in the media compared to Dunkirk and say what an amazing job you did. 5,000 were Americans. Most of them were not interpreters. You just took 120,000 refugees and spread them around the country and said, aren't we wonderful? No one's buying it. It's a disaster. It's an embarrassment. It's it's it could not have gone much worse. So I see the taking out of the bomber as a tough decision to make. But you would you so because I I know as much as it sucks, they're negotiating with the Taliban at that time, and they're trying to get not get a bunch more Americans killed. And so if they just take out a ta- someone from the Taliban and and they're wrong, well, I, I think it's they, not a bomber. Well, this is then an ISIS. There this could is, be some. This is an ISIS guy I hear you. I who hear was you. supposed to be stopped by the Taliban, our security force, and wasn't. You're right. It's a tough call. So but you're on you the know, side of blowing them up? 140 people. That, not just 13. I realize that's, well, I those know. are the we ones who matter. The, we see the results now, though, but at the time it's different. 140 people. This is a very successful suicide bomb. I agree. I agree. But you don't and know that going into it. I'm just saying this is the story. It's And it's if it gets bigger, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He could do anything. It doesn't matter. He's he's inept. He's not even fit for office, and it doesn't seem to matter. Once again, yesterday, he made a public appearance with his mask on uh, uh, with uh, the, the guy from the Ukraine. And uh, after talking about Ukraine, some I mean, obviously, Ukraine's been very, very good to the Biden family. After talking about that, he says, okay, we're done here. And the media wants to ask about Afghanistan, the biggest foreign policy disaster in American history. And the president doesn't deign to comment on it again. Yep. He doesn't feel obligated. I mean, this is disgusting. In my opinion, you have an obligation. I mean, like I, as I point out, pitchers who like have a bad game or golfers who lose a tournament are more accountable than the president of the United States, the commander in chief is. He doesn't feel like he has to answer any questions. Screw you. I do what I want. I'm not talking about Afghanistan. That's the last quote we have from him on Afghanistan when he was asked after that question, the press conference at FEMA, he said, I'm not talking about Afghanistan. 
you have to. You have to. And if we had a real media, he'd be. They would demand it. To me, the fact that he's too much of a coward to even answer a question is disgusting. You owe that to the Gold Star families, the, the of the thirteen people that you got killed. You owe them uh, at least accountability. Accountability. Uh, we go back to a speech from two days ago when he said, oh, "I take responsibility for everything, but it's all Trump's fault and all the Afghan army's fault." And it, it was a kind of a weird juxtaposition. It was an extraordinary success, and I'm quoting, but it was Trump's fault. Oh, I know. I, I but, know. It was, but it was Gotti's well, fault. And it's the Americans who are stuck in Afghanistan who we warned in March. 19 times. We warned in March to get out, and in July we assured them that the Afghan army was okay. Right. And the Afghan it's military. everybody else's fault. So, so we warned them, and then we told them everything was cool. So it's their fault. It's, it was an extraordinary success, but let me tell you who's to blame. That was essentially this yeah. speech in a nutshell, which is pretty Well, bizarre. and then on this bombing, they, they, they overcompensate and they end up taking out a family a couple days later, you know, probably because they knew they should have done, done this. I'm making uh, my list. That. I'm making my list. <laughs> Impeachable offenses, killing seven kids and then saying, oh, is, you know, mistakes happen. It happens. We killed seven kids, including, and I believe their father or the man in the, who they took out was, a, was an ally, was an interpreter. <laughs> so, and... Uh, we leave with 120,000 refugees, and now it's all, you know, here you go, Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Here's your 10, 15, 20,000 Afghans who, you know, don't speak English. They're not translators. They don't speak English. You know, help them out, would you? And there's an ad. Uh, Tucker played it last night. Alexandria, uh, this town of Alexandria, Virginia, they're taking refugees, and they put an ad out asking for people who speak Pashto or whatever, the other language they speak. So obviously they're not interpreters. They don't speak English. And you have tens of thousands of them. They dump them in your community and they say, hey, take care of them. What's heroic about that? That's what uh, Lloyd Austin yesterday called it, heroic. Heroic. I just listed you the, 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 the missteps, the missteps, yeah, the dead Marines, the, the dead kids. You know, I, I, I list the, 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 the armaments, the parades, he calls it heroic. And again, nobody loses his job. Nobody gets demoted. Nobody gets, takes the blame. They're all a bunch of cowards. And, and it's, it's, it continues to be a national humiliation. Here's but, Austin in his own words. Want to hear him? Sure. Now, we have just concluded the largest air evacuation of civilians in American history. It was heroic. It was historic. There you go. That is disgusting. You are you are disgusting, Lloyd Austin. I, I mean, heroic, heroic. What is heroic? I, I mean, mean I, I hate to be the sensitive one of the two of us, but I but I do. You know, if we saved uh, eighty thousand, ninety thousand, not all of them are terrorists. I mean, if we saved ninety thousand people or something why, why, from certain think, death, then why, why, uh, why would it be certain death? These weren't collaborators. They're not interpreters. Well, some of them that we evacuated absolutely were. Yeah. Well, most of them weren't. And it's great that we're giving them a new life and giving them, you know, all the benefits of the United States. Why is that heroic? Why don't we just go to every third world, you know, That's what America was built on. I'm not saying that that's our... our which America we, was not we built on that. Well, we didn't have the welfare state back then. So give us yeah. your tired, your poor, all that stuff could have could work. It doesn't work as well right now because now the government, our public funds are funding it. But in general, I think it's good so to try to save people. So we put a bunch of... We left Americans behind. Oh, that's terrible. Not and we arguing that. we put a bunch that. of refugees on planes and flew them to America. 
Why, why is that heroic? Because uh, you're saving people's lives. I mean, they're lives. Well, I, I don't, I don't think are, I don't think the Taliban is going to kill everybody. Life, I think it's heroic. There, lots of kids. You think the Taliban was going to kill everybody that got on the C-17? Well, no, but they probably. They're our allies. Don't you know that? Now they promised. <laughs> right, right. I guess ISIS K. I know uh, they did promise. They prom <laughs> they're, they're our allies. He, he, we're going to send them. You money. have to admit that some of the people would have been shot. Would have the Taliban's uh, going house to house with names, killing right, people. Looking some to kill of those American people, collaborators, not just American collaborators, but Afghan collaborators too. Uh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. And um, if they kill Americans, then I'll, we'll ask, was it heroic to leave those Americans behind? Well, I don't I mean, you think You could that. say it was successful. <laughs> Go ahead, say it was successful. We got a bunch of people I out. I don't say that either. You'll, you're going <laughs> to dump them in middle America. They're going to vote Democrat. Iowa so mostly, it was, put them in Iowa. Right. It was, you know, <laughs> put them in swing states, put them in Wisconsin, <laughs> Iowa, Pennsylvania. They'll vote Democrat because, you know, Joe Biden saved them. That's what they, that's what they consider heroic. Dumping a bunch of new Democrats in middle America. That's what they consider a success. I, I still want to know what happens to the Americans left behind. Or, you know, Muhammad, the guy that saved Senator Joe Biden. I saw that too. He's reaching out he's, to Biden. He's saying, reaching save, out. Save my family. He's, he's I hiding. You. The Taliban is looking for him. He's probably going to get a bullet between the eyes if he's lucky. He won't get tortured. And then what will Joe Biden? Joe Biden, that's the other thing, the myth that's been debunked here. He has to be the least empathetic, the least compassionate commander-in-chief we've ever had. He doesn't give a damn. Well, expanded the drug war. Of course, he doesn't have empathy. Well, I mean, he met with the families, the Gold Star mothers and fathers, and he didn't care at all. One, two, you know, the, He looked at his watch constantly, not just once. And then all he did was talk about his own son, who died of cancer at the age of 46. He's talking to people whose 20-year-olds, 20-year-olds were blown up because of his decision and he's making it about him. Every family that went there said it was disgusting. He, he only cares about himself. He doesn't care about other people. He's not empathetic or compassionate or, you know, good old Joe, your working class Joe. He's an arrogant, elitist, D.C. swamp creature. And we're going to see, as this goes forward, we're going to see just how empathetic and compassionate he is. Um, because... He doesn't even feel like he owes anyone an, an answer, an well, explanation. No, Mark, Mark Smith, to your point, uh, I know you heard some of that audio. Maybe, uh, would you say, it wasn't on Tucker, it was on something last night. But the father of a fallen soldier, Jared Schmitz, he showed Biden a picture of Jared, and Biden starts talking about Bo. And he's like, I'm not here to talk about Bo. I want you to remember my son. That, and, the, and the guy was great. And so was, you know, Shanna, Shana Chappelle, that we talked about yesterday. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. I mean, they met with him, and they said he didn't care. And Biden, like, was barking at him. Like, he, he was pushing back against him. It's like, that's not, right, that's right. not what you do with yeah. it to a grieving dad. Not a grieving dad whose child is gone because of you. I mean, he should be on his knees begging forgiveness for these uh, poor people. But enough of that. I'm going to make the list. I'm going to make the, We just did. We just made a list of a dozen things he's done that are just so. I mean, these are high crimes and misdemeanors. These are all impeachable. It is sad that we don't have a standard because, you know, they have a 50-50 split in the Senate. We can't impeach or they have a whatever five-vote advantage in the House. Uh, we can't even have uh, hearings when he's just done some of the most egregious things. Again, uh, he, he pressured the president of Afghanistan to lie. Right there, if Trump ever did that, he would be impeached today. They'd take the vote today. Nancy Pelosi would take a vote today. He'd be impeached and go to the Senate, or uh, yeah, he'd be impeached and go to the Senate for conviction. He'd be convicted and it'd be over. I mean, his presence would be over. But some for some reason, good old Joe gets away with it. But we have to move on. I got a couple other things I want to get to here. Want to hit Shea first? Yeah, let's hit Shea, and then I will get to the fakest farewell from Stephen A. Smith. And 
by the way, we'll tell you about somebody, a famous, a famous assassin who might just be getting out of prison. And, uh, and uh, we'll talk about the hypocrites who are trying to keep him there. But let's talk about Shea. This is uh, for you homeowners and home builders out there. Did you know that Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps? Of course you did. I've been telling you about this. This is the best thing. I think it might be the best thing they do is their precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you need to replace an old staircase in an old home, Shea has great values with designs for any home. Available in concrete, or you can customize the steps with beautiful stone, granite, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front front entrance of your home. In most cases, they can remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. Just like that, you call Shea, they come over, they take the old steps away, which, by the way, they're really heavy. That is a pain in the ass. They take the old steps away, they put the new steps. You can sit in the window with the AC cranking and watch it all happen. And when they're done, your house looks better and it's worth more. This isn't an expense, this is an investment in your home. Check it out. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. And by the way, you can also look for a job there. You can go to Shea Concrete or get on SheaConcrete.com. They're always hiring. It's a great company, a great place to work. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade your profession and go work for Shea. Check that out as well at SheaConcrete.com. All right, before we get to Stephen A's uh, fake farewell and some, uh, um, some uh, a little announcement about us, I want to talk about uh, Sirhan Sirhan. He's 77 years old. He's up for parole. I think he's got like four months to wait as they review, and he might get out. And the only reason this annoys me, the only reason I find it notable, is that he's his kids, six of his children, I believe he has nine. It's, uh, he had 10, obviously, 10 children, but six led by... Um, led by Joseph Kennedy, former congressman, and Joseph Kennedy Jr., another former congressman. They are uh, vehemently opposed to Sirhan Sirhan, the assassin of Robert Kennedy getting out of prison after, how many years would that be? 50, 50 years, something. 53 years, something like that. Sirhan Sirhan, a, uh, um, a, a, an assassin who killed Robert Kennedy because of his support of Israel. But anyway... So they've come out, they've got statements, interviews. They don't want him to see a day of freedom. He was initially sentenced to death, and they, uh, the family did not, Ted Kennedy being one, didn't want him assassinated. I guess I'll give him credit for consistencies against the death penalty. But these people are such freaking frauds. Just pretend Sirhan Sirhan assassinated your grandfather, Carano, or my grandfather, or my father, these would be every single Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy, uh, Joe Kennedy Jr., uh, every one of them would be lined up saying, oh, he spent enough time in jail. They, they spend their life coddling criminals, and they would absolutely 100% support his parole. But because it's their family and their dad and their granddad, it's like, oh, no, he should never see light day. He's a murderer. Well, I guess it depends who he's murdering. And I give... Grudgingly, I give Robert Kennedy Jr., who everyone thinks is a lunatic because he's an anti-vaxxer, and Douglas Kennedy credit because they said, let him out, let him out. They're bleeding hearts. They're liberals. They're consistent. They liked free murderers, including the murderer of their dad. Uh, but the rest of them, six of them who oppose it, and their grandkids or their kids are all such hypocrites. They would, there wouldn't be one, they would be absolutely 100% fighting to free a murderer if it weren't their dad or granddad, but I had to get that one off my chest. Yep. Now we move to 
Stephen A. If you haven't followed the news, Stephen A. and um, Max Kellerman, they broke up. Divorced. They broke up. They're like A-Rod and J-Lo. It was a very high-profile divorce. They were on the air together on first take for five years, five years since Skip Bayless left. Stephen A. always liked Skip Bayless better and wanted him back when Skip Bayless was a free agent. Couldn't get him because Fox paid Skip Bayless $7 million a year, which makes me cry in my quiet moments. <laughs> Seven million a year for Skip Bayless. Sorry, Seven buddy. Seven million a year. <sighs> You're stuck with me in a basement. I think it was one day we were watching, I was at Fox News on, and my wife, I think it was Brian Kilmeade or someone like that. And my wife said, couldn't you do what he does? And I'm like, yeah, I could, I could. <laughs> Thanks. Probably makes 10 million a year. I'm like, yeah, just didn't get the right break. I could, I could. But yeah, and you sit with some people and you go, how the hell did, did that guy get there? You know, uh, often, I mean, you look, ever see like CNN? Don Lemon is a moron. Chris Cuomo is a meathead. Chris Cuomo's making 6 million a year. I realize he's got family connections, but sometimes you just got to get lucky. And Max Kellerman got lucky. He got picked to debate Stephen A. And they brag about their ratings. Their ratings are good because they're on at 10 a.m., I believe. They're on after drive time, after Sports Center, and they I don't even know what the competition is, but they get good, their highest rated show, I believe, on the on the on ESPN. At least in, I think on ESPN, or maybe just in the morning, but whatever. The ratings are good, and they make Stephen A. makes twelve million a year. <laughs> Max Kellerman was probably making I don't know a few million a year, but Stephen A. didn't like him. Bobby Burke, our guy from Outkick, broke this wide open. Had anonymous people saying Stephen A. is forcing Max out because he doesn't like him, and Burke's theory is. Max is smarter than Stephen A, and it annoys Stephen A, which I believe, I thought they would last forever because they're both liberals. They both make everything about race. They both toe the company line. They make everything about race the way everyone likes it at ESPN. They're both hardcore lefties, you know, who think America is an awful, irredeemable, racist place, and they love, you know, Colin Kaepernick, and they love, uh, what's her name, Uh, Megan Rapinoe and the rest. Uh, They got along well, I thought, because they were, like-minded, but apparently behind the scenes, there was a little uh, tension. Anyway, Stephen A's got power, so he forces Max out. Max is going to be replaced by a rotating co-host. And as Burrick said, asked one day, will any white people be allowed? Because it's going to be a super woke show. You want to talk about an awful show? He wants, the one story rumor was that he wants, at least as one of his partners, Magic Johnson. That's what Stephen oh, A. Magic's Magic, got nothing to say. Magic Johnson and Stephen A, they're supposed to debate. I mean, the show's good when there's tension, when there's real disagreement. That won't happen with Magic Johnson. It'll be awful. But let's listen as Max di- uh, uh, made his final appearance before getting bumped. I think he's on ESPN Radio now, and they're, I don't know, teaming him up with somebody in the mornings on ESPN Radio. Nobody will listen. Nobody will even know where he is. But uh, they didn't fire him. They just moved him around because Stephen A. can't stand him. Here is the phoniest farewell you'll ever hear, Stephen A. to Max. To thank my man Max for the five years. Originally, when we talked, it was supposed to be a three-year run. And the next thing you know, it's a five-year run. And we've been number one every single year. And you had an awful lot to do with that. I wanted to thank you for your contribution to the show. I wanted to call and wish you nothing but the best moving forward because you're going to be doing big things like you've always been doing big things. And I just wanted to let you know, my man, I'm calling to wish you nothing but the best. And I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there to tell you face-to-face to thank you for everything that you did for the show over these last five years. Oh, God. Keep in mind, he's the show is ending 
because Stephen A. hates Max and wants him out. This is on ESPN. They, they should have said, Stephen A., we're paying you $12 million a year. Suck it up. You know, it's a highly rated show. You and Max, I mean, you don't like Max. That's good. <clears throat> the best shows oftentimes are the ones where the hosts hate each other. We've talked many times about Eddie and Dale. <clears throat> Eddie Edelman and Dale Arnold hated each other. And it's been a while since they were on the air together, but and you you don't remember, but it was great radio. So they hated each other to the point where every break, one or the other had to leave the studio. <laughs> they know, couldn't be in the yes, same room. They couldn't, they couldn't be. But they would fight, and they'd be taking cheap shots, and it was good, tense radio. Mike and the Mad Dog hated each other for the most part, and they you could feel the tension. A lot of times, that makes it, that's what makes it good radio, or good TV in this case, Especially if the show's whole basis is debate. You guys debate. If you don't like each other, that makes it more authentic. Uh, you know, hell, two of my old partners, Dino and, and Kirk, there were times it didn't last because Dino wanted out, but they, you know, they would fight to the point where it was real and it was tense. I had fights with Kirk too, but they were, you know, we got along, believe it or not, really well off the air. And yeah. it was, it was for the show. We would fight about stuff on the show. So, I mean that's what's good. That's what that would make. That's what make good TV, good radio. And somebody at ESPN didn't say. They said, "Oh, Stephen A. doesn't like Max. Let's get rid of Max." It should be like Stephen A. We're giving you twelve million a year. Shut up and do your job. I mean, ESPN is so woke now. People who watch ESPN are not looking for conflict. They don't want to see conflict on air. It's stuff that that we like. That's the I type disagree. of thing that we like. Now, people who watch ESPN don't like that anymore. Hey, well, that, that, well, why do you think the show worked? They it, debated. They disagree. I mean, but they're still it worked. Better than probably anything else on ESPN, but it doesn't mean their numbers are that good. I mean, well, ESPN's well, numbers in general are, are getting crushed. He just said they were number one for the entire time. So they have a number one show, and they have two guys on it who don't like each other, who debate, disagree, and it works. And they're giving that all up because the guy making $12 million a year doesn't like the other guy. Yeah. If you don't have the balls, the, the backbone as, a, as an executive, and I realize... Executive is Stephen A's friend. That's the story from Burick. The no. executive will do whatever Stephen A wants. But if you don't have the guts to stand up and say, Stephen A, do your freaking job, you know, get back in there. I mean, they don't have to live together. They don't have to room together. They just have to debate for an hour a day. It's amazing. They let the guy uh, make that call. And if he really wants Magic Johnson, then he doesn't care about the so quality bad. of the show. The show will suck. It'll be comical. And if he brings on people, if, you know, if it's all be, you know, about whatever race and it's all about filling and, you know, checking boxes, which is what everything's about at ESPN, then they're not going to have any real debates. They're not no. going to have any real tension, real friction. If it were Barkley, it would work. Barkley, although Barkley, I, I don't know if he can stay focused for a debate for, that amount for an of time. hour. I mean, yeah. he's funny and goofy. But he's also smart, and he's got a different, um, he's got he's, a different like fearless. thought process than, yeah, than Stephen A. Speaking ah. of fearless, we don't have time to do this, but fearless is the name of Jason Whitlock's podcast. Yeah, he had um, Bill O'Reilly on yesterday, and I give Whitlock credit. Sometimes he annoys me, and sometimes. He says to uh, Bill O'Reilly, what do you think of Tucker Carlson? <laughs> and, oh, wow. And it was a very uncomfortable moment. Uh, we'll play it. Tucker Carlson, and I think he's the most important voice out there on cable news at this point. Well, he's certainly a skilled communicator, and he's doing very well uh, gathering an audience. Um, but it's not news 
reportage. He's coming at it from a world view. Uh, and the world view is held by millions of Americans who want to watch what he says because just like you, Jason, he is fearless. So he'll say things um, that no one else will say. And when you get into that position, you're going to attract an audience. So my analysis of him is very effective at what he does. It's totally different than what I did. He is successful in doing what he does. I don't think it hurts the country. Um, and it's entertaining. He, he knows how to do this kind of thing. But you'll remember back when I was on, I always brought in or tried to get the smartest person who disagreed with me. It's a larger topic. I, I tweeted about it saying, like, what, if you ask Drew Bledsoe about Tom Brady, do you get an honest answer if you ask Drew Bledsoe about Tom Brady? Or do you get this natural human envy and resentment? Because he took my job. He did it better than I did. He kind of overshadowed me to the point where people forget how good I am. People forget Drew Bledsoe was a really good quarterback. It was. People forget Bill O'Reilly was must-watch, number one in that slot for years. And somehow, I guess that's the best tribute you can pay to Tucker, is he eclipsed him. Yeah. Well, he eclipsed... Um, Bill O'Reilly, who was the giant, it was the biggest name in the industry, in cable TV news, the biggest name ever, and Tucker has outperformed him. And O'Reilly kind of straddled the fence. He said, gave him some credit, said he was fearless, but said, you know, he doesn't really have anyone on that debates him, and he has, he's in the echo chamber. We could play it, but uh, I want to get to, uh, before we go here, um, you... Let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened with this race, the okay, Ritzer race. Yeah. Um, Kirk asked me, "I want to be on his team or run." I, I run it all the time. I'm, um, my wife is involved in it. It's in my old hometown of Andover, and my wife is a good friend of uh, Colleen Ritzer's family. Colleen Ritzer's the teacher who was murdered in Danvers. It's in her honor that they run this race every year. It's a great 5K. Everybody wears pink. That was her favorite color. They give you a nice pink t-shirt. You, Matt Carano, will be wearing pink on September what date is it? 19th? Uh, 19th, yeah. Can't wait. Uh, it's a great race. It really is. Good atmosphere, good course, good people. And Kirk's done it. I beat him one year in this race. Uh, <laughs> yep, I did. I did. It's a fact. It's a fact. You know, I don't lie. He, he would You have to admit it. Anyway, uh, it's the only time I've beaten him, but I don't have it. He's way faster than I am. Well, Kirk runs every younger, day, I think. Younger and skinnier, and he's just a just a better runner. Anyway, so I'm going to be there. We're going to do the race. You're going to be there. We've got a team uh, that's got like 50 people on it, so you'll have lots of familiar faces. And so Minahan says we're thinking of doing a show after the race, a live show. Yeah. You know. A secret live show. Not going to tell anyone. We're just going to do it. Will you do it? Join me. And I'm like, sure. And, uh, you know, I have a couple of conditions. I'm not going to get into those right now, but a couple of conditions. But so I'm like, secret. Oh, okay. I'm, so don't tell anyone. All right. Don't tell anyone. Didn't even tell you, did I? No, I didn't know I, about it. I didn't it. tell anybody. You didn't tell me at all. And then he goes, I on, from he goes on a show and announces it. I said, I thought it was a secret. He goes, yeah, I thought I was talking about it. So I figured I'd talk about it on the show. I'm like, okay, it's not a secret anymore. We're running in the race. We're on the team. You can sign up. Um, we'll tweet out the link later on, but it's a, it's a step up for Colleen 5k. You can Google it and find it, but we'll tweet out the link. We yeah, tweet out the link. You can sign up. You can join Kirk's team. Yeah, Team Minahan and do that actually. And, so uh, there's been reports 
that this team was in top three for a long time, but I don't know that we're still in the I top think we're 10. Getting, oh, really? I there think we're getting big teams. Yeah. So, uh, so I would, it would be great if you, if you all stepped up, it's a great cause join the team. We need to stay at least in the top 10. I think the top three would be preferable. And I guess after the race, uh, we're going to, uh, do a show. First one in a while, uh, with, uh, Minahan, you're going to be there. I'll be there. I started training yesterday, Cullinane, by the way. Cullinane's going to screw it up, probably. Um, we'll see. I guess uh, we'll have, you know, we'll play it or we'll play parts of it on our show the next day. I think on, uh, yes, on Monday. On Monday. Yeah. I mean, you, you will, we'll see. We'll play it by ear, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, you can sign up. You can join the team. You can hang out and uh, watch the show, I guess. That's how it's going to work. Yeah, and it's a great cause, so sign up. Join it the sure team. is. There's lots of big teams, lots of teachers, because she was a teacher. It all goes to scholarships for people who want to be teachers. She was a teacher who was murdered by her student. If you haven't, you know, forget the story, Google it. It's uh, disturbing and tragic, and her family's amazing. Her friends are all there. It's a very emotional day and an uplifting day. And uh, I just got to say, I look good in pink. I don't know about you. I look good in pink. I do not. Uh, well, you got to wear it anyway. I will. Uh, and they're nice shirts and hats and everything else. It's a first-class race. So uh, join us on, can you confirm that, September 19, Sunday? Yes. I want to confirm it. The 19th. That's today. Correct. September 19th in Andover. So join us. See, see you there. All right. Anything else, Cullinane? I'm not Cullinane. Anything else? Uh, no. Carano. That's it. I'm used to that. I got to stop. I got to stop saying that. I'm going to change the, change the script. But that is it for today. Uh, we will leave it there. Thanks to everybody for watching, for listening, for commenting. Uh, thanks to Turtle Boy. He had to go wrap his child's face in, uh, in cloth and put her on the bus. Oh, man. Imagine how annoying Turtle Boy is to, like, the teachers and the like, principals. Right. <laughs> he shows up to everything without a mask, and he won't put one on, and... Soon, I'm sure his kid will be as rebellious as he is and she'll be causing problems. And that's good because everybody should be rebelling against this insanity. Uh, but we will, uh, we will we'll give you an update on Turtle Boy because since school just start this week, he's going to yeah. be a problem. He's going to be a problem for that school district. It's a problem for uh, any of these mask fanatics. All right. We will leave it there. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.